So good morning, it's great to be with you here on this Pentecost Sunday when we celebrate and remember the pouring out of the Spirit of God over his people uh, as they waited um, faithfully and obediently in Jerusalem. And I think when Jesus says, and, and when we read about the power of the Spirit moving on people and uh, we read these stories, uh, we long for more of that. And, and I think we can, if we take time to pause, we might remember times or experiences where we have ourselves experienced the uh, times of powerful moving of God's um, Spirit. I remember particularly um, when, shortly after I'd come to faith, I moved out to work with this ministry in Brazil and living on a farm on the outskirts of the city of Belo Horizonte with 30 um, kids who'd come off the streets, working there in this beautiful mountainside um, setting. People would come and visit from the UK and from different parts of the world and the common response they would say, or they were excited about coming because there was this sense in which, oh, God speaks so clearly in that place. You can really sense his spirit moving and at work. And there, so I remember particularly that time and, and, it, and it was as if it seemed so much clearer and so much easier um, to hear him and to experience the, uh, the work of the spirit. And, and I think there are other times where there've been times of transition where I've been moving from one place, one job to another. And it has been a time where there's been just a real sense of God at work. Um, but So I want to ask this morning, because the title of this message is, um, how can we experience the explosive power of the Holy Spirit? Um, more of that, more of him. And, and when I think back to those first experiences, it leaves me wondering, well, what, what was the secret? Was it something about that place? Was it, was it something that was just for that time? Um, uh, or was it about the people that I was working with, that God was doing something special there and then for them? Well, when we come to our readings that we had uh, earlier this morning, we read um, from the prophet Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all people, sons, daughters, old men, young men, um, servants. My spirit will fall on all uh, in those days, men and women. Um, Jesus promised that he was going to send us the gift, the promise uh, of uh, the Holy Spirit. When the spirit of truth comes, he said, he will guide you into all truth and he will speak only what he hears. And then, of course, the text that we, we remember on this Pentecost Sunday, um, where Jesus says to his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so they did. They waited for him. And then we read a bit later in Acts 2 that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. There was a sound like the blowing of a violent wind that came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So when I ask that question, when we consider what does it mean to be filled with the power of Spirit, was it, is it just, is it a special place that we need to be? Is it to a special people? Is it just for some people? We're reminded that, no, this is something, the Spirit of God is for all of us. His power is poured out for us all, all of the time and for all um, purposes and people. This is the age of the Spirit in which we live. So 
I ask that question, how much are we experiencing his power in our lives? I bumped into a friend recently uh, as I was out running, someone I haven't seen for a long time, and um, I asked her, how, you know, how are you doing? I haven't seen you. Um, and she said, oh, well, I, I had COVID. And so she had been locked away for, for a couple of weeks in her uh, apartment, and, uh, and that's why we hadn't seen her. And she said it was actually just as well that she had a test because she was asymptomatic. She didn't have any of the symptoms, didn't show any of the conditions outwardly of carrying this virus, of, of, of having COVID. And as I thought about that, it made me think, I wonder, you know, how, to what extent there's such a thing as an asymptomatic Christian that we have this, you know, we have the power of God in us, but to what extent are we living in a way that we're, we are demonstrating and we're showing and displaying that power and that life uh, that is in us? Um, and, and or sometimes I think even if we're going to move that metaphor and use it differently, we may even have this kind of vaccine men mentality that the Holy Spirit is just kind of like a shot in the arm and it's the booster that we need that will give us, makes the difference up, that will strengthen us uh, to go on and do the things or to face or to overcome whatever it is that God's calling us to do. It, it, it's, it's, the Holy Spirit is not a boost in the arm. He's not an addition to us. He is our strength. Uh, it's all him. It's all his work. And so our job is to surrender to him, to invite him, uh, and to lay our lives uh, wholly uh, before the Lord and say, Lord, uh, take me and lead me and use me. Um, so what is the key to experiencing more of the power of the Holy Spirit? I think it lies in this theme that we've been following over the last few weeks, which is listening. Listening to God. That's been the thing that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. So I'm excited when we consider how can we experience the explosive power of the Holy Spirit if, if it really is a lot to do with the extent to which we are listening and are committed as a church uh, to listen to him. I want to talk about a couple of People who are, well, one is a, is a good listener and one not so good. Uh, one being Philip, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and one Peter. Now, I read to you the text in uh, Acts um, 8 the other week about Philip being called to go and speak or go out to the desert road, leave Samaria where he had this uh, fantastic ministry that was going on where revival was breaking out and go down to the desert road. Well, Philip heard in part what God was asking him to do. He went to the desert road and then the spirit spoke to him again and said, go up to the chariot where he is and listen, you know, pay attention, see what he's, see what he's doing. So Philip went over to the chariot and paid attention and there he was able to see that the eunuch um, was reading from uh, uh, a passage of scripture that enabled him to speak into and then asked him this great question that enabled him to speak into uh, his life and share the gospel. And we were reminded in that that this was all the Spirit's work. Philip's job at that point was just to simply obey. He didn't get the full layout. He didn't understand the full implications of what he was saying yes to, but he trusted, he listened, and he went, even though it didn't make a huge amount of sense to leave something very good behind, very fruitful ministry, and go then to the desert road. And yet, three to 400 years later, the Ethiopian was, uh, you know, eunuch, Ethiopia, part of uh, Northern Africa. Uh, three to 400 years later, 
this part of Africa is, becomes kind of the powerhouse, the center of Christendom. Now, Philip had listened, he trusted, and he obeyed in very simple terms. But the outcome was exponential because of what God did through this man's simple obedience and his willingness to listen. So then I want to move us then to look at Peter. And poor, poor Peter, but I love him because I relate to him so much. He had difficulty listening. And um, in this instance that I want to talk about, it's, he, was, he struggled to listen to Jesus. And if you remember in Matthew 16, there's the story where um, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he was going to go to Jerusalem where he would have to suffer many things and that he must be killed um, and on the third day be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and said to him, never, Lord, he said, never. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned to him and said, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You are not listening to me. See, Peter wanted to reject suffering, to follow, and yet to follow Jesus is to walk in a path of rejection and at times failure. Jesus said to Peter, you're consumed with the things of man, of worldly measures of success. And if we are, it's possible that we may just miss the even greater work that God is asking us to do if we are listening to his spirit. Later on in Matthew 17, there's the story of the transfiguration where Jesus, after six days, took Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up uh, high up onto the mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. He said, his face, we read, his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. And just there then appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. And then what happens? Peter interrupts, right? He's not listening. Jesus is talking to Moses and Elijah, and Peter interrupts, said, oh, Lord, it's good, it's good to be here. And if you want, I can put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter is not listening. He interrupts, and he comes up with these plans. I've got a plan. I know what we should do. I've got this great building project. And Peter's still talking when God then interrupts him. Peter, Peter was to become the leader of the church, but he still hasn't learned what it is to listen. He doesn't get it. And there's so much that we may want to do for God, for Jesus, but we need to listen. We need to learn to listen. It's fundamental to our faith and our walk with God. And I, I, I smile at this verse 5. While he was still speaking... A bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. So to experience the explosive power of the Spirit doesn't require us to fly to other parts of the world. Although God may ask you to do that. It's not, it doesn't depend on where we are or, or, or who we are. But it's the extent to which we're willing to open ourselves to God and to listen to him. I wonder if any of us have been on any missions trips where we have been overseas, where we have been in those places where everything else has been silenced and it feels so much easier to hear God. 
How has that affected our relationship with him? How much have we heard? What, what has that done to our faith? Practically, how can we become better listeners? Well, one of the ways, I think, is through silence and stillness. And Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Habakkuk 2, verse 20, This of the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Silence is not a big part of our day to day. We're so overloaded with noise. And I remember that farm in Brazil where I lived and where people would come out and say, God speaks so clearly here. And I think it's powers because in that place, everything else was silenced because we believe that God is speaking all of the time. But will we listen? And are we listening to him? That was part of my brother's story in coming to faith. He was a lawyer in London. Uh, and it was moving out of London and moving to the countryside uh, in another part of Britain where God caught his attention and he heard God's voice and experienced the, the powerful move of the Spirit in his life. He talks himself of how God removed the distractions. And I wonder how much more intentional we have to be today to quieten those noises and those distractions. For Peter and for many of us, it's not about more doing, but being. Practically, it's for us to commune with God through scripture, through silence. Not stopping and withdrawing, but abiding with him throughout the day. What some describe as practicing the presence of God to acknowledge and to welcome his spirit throughout the day. And there are ways in which we can do that to help us get into the rhythm and the practice of this through um, in the morning to start first thing in the morning at lunchtime to pause, to reflect, to invite his spirit to come, to quieten our thoughts. That's why actually as a, as a family, we, we, we pray at mealtimes. I mean, because actually it's a way in which we're, we are acknowledging and inviting the presence of God to be with us and amongst us. We know he's there, but we want to pause and remember that. So how can we experience the explosive power of God? Well, it's through, we, we want to listen. Well, we want to become better listeners. And one of the ways in which we learn to listen better is through silence and stillness. And another way is that we learn to listen to the inner movements of our heart. And we're, as a church, we talk in terms of bless of how we might live these rhythms daily of living out God's mission, God's purpose, wherever we live, work, and play, beginning in prayer, and L in the, the B and the L for bless, listen. And we learn to listen to our neighbors, to listen to our world, to our community, to our, to our colleagues. But although we do that well, do we also listen to the inner movements of our heart? Where do we feel joy? Where do we feel peace, God's love, his delight? What is it that quickens our heart, that energizes us and fills us with passion? Conversely, we might also pay attention to the things that break us, that which brings turmoil, angst, irritability, 
um, tension, stress, grief. God broke my heart for these kids in Brazil. I, I, I had to pay attention to that, what I was feeling. What, and I had to ask, Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying in this? What are you saying to me? See, we can power ahead like Peter with our, our good plans, but we'll always find they'll always be limited. How might we experience the explosive power of the Spirit if we were to listen more intentionally through adopting a posture of stillness and silence and paying heed to the inner movements of our hearts? Because when we do, like Philip, we may find that God uses us in the lives of the most unlikely people in the most unusual of circumstances and in the most extraordinary ways that we would never dream or imagine or expect. And one final thought, it's, it's one thing for us to learn to listen as disciples, but we also need to learn to be open to his will, to do things his way and in his timing. As disciples of Jesus, we learn to do his will in his way and in his timing. Peter mistook the way of the world as the way of the kingdom of God. And if we are to judge by human standards, taking symbols of success that are of our day and of our culture and of our age, we might miss the even greater work and purposes that God has in the small and seemingly insignificant moments and conversations of our day. To follow and obey Jesus is to be open to do his will in his way, in his timing. And it's not always popular. As Peter heard from Jesus and learned for himself, this, to follow Jesus is not to court favor with the world. But if Jesus is to have first place in our lives, our motivation is not the things of men. It's not the applause of others, but to hear the words of the master to his stewards in Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant. To be open, to be listening, to be obedient, how might we then experience the explosive power of the Holy Spirit? And at times, it makes no sense, like Philip being taken from a promising ministry and a place full of promise and opportunity to a small, insignificant place, to one man. But that one man and that one conversation and having listened Philip's obedience and trust and confidence in the Lord ultimately launched the mission to the Gentiles and were sowed the seeds of the church in North Africa, which was to become the center of Christendom by 400 AD. Can we learn to trust God in the small things when we, like Philip, only see in part, one step at a time, what God is saying and what God is doing? So as we go from this place and we go into next week, practically, what does it mean? What would it mean if we as a church learned to listen to the Spirit of God, that we might respond to his prompting? Maybe once a day, this week, you might try to practice stillness and silence 
And if you're new to this and it's not part of your normal rhythms, maybe three days out of this week, you might decide, I'm going to start early in the morning and I'm going to take 15 minutes, 20 minutes and just sit silently before the Lord and invite his spirit to come and to speak to me. Maybe you could incorporate, if you're already doing that, to try to bring other times of the day before him at lunchtime or in the evening before you close your day. But it's to incorporate and to invite him into every part of our day. So if you are a runner, invite him to speak to you as you run, as you're walking, as you're driving the kids to school. Invite him. Listen to him. And how might we this week pay attention to the inner movements of our heart? We might pause to consider, well, where is my passion, Lord? What are the desires of my heart? What is it that that stirs me, that energizes me? What is it that drains me? Why does this hurt so much, Lord? Why is this so important to me? And I wonder if there's an opportunity also for us to consider in what ways are we being asked to embrace the way of the cross, possibly the hardest part of all. Because we know in that we have to die to self. And yet it's only in death that we can experience the resurrection life and the explosive power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Earlier this week, uh, I was in a meeting with our staff team and we took some time to recall the history of Granville Chapel, where I'm standing right now in a building. And as we recalled this story, uh, we remembered the faithfulness and the prayers of our founders and where it all began through prayer and faithful obedience and listening to God and believing and trusting that he was asking this community to start something new in this part of town. I don't think they had any idea at that point that years later they would found a training institution that develops and trains and equips leaders for ministry that is of international renown. I don't think they would have had any idea of the many ministries and the reach that has been uh, afforded through the ministry and the faithfulness of this church community through the years. But what they did know and what they did believe was that God was speaking to him, that his spirit was moving, and in faithful obedience they responded to that call. And they planted their flag here on the corner of this street. And God has done so much more, I think, than they dared believe or imagine. I'm excited for us as a church as we begin to press into what does it mean to listen to God? How can we learn to hear his voice? And then we come to a, to a time of like this morning, a Pentecost Sunday. And how then can we experience this power of God in us and working through us to experience more of this life change? I think it begins with our surrender to him and our ability and our willingness to listen. 
What will you hear him say to you this week? And what will be your response?